are listening to the number one Oilers podcast, Handkerchief Dynasty. Two minutes for interference. Guess what episode number this is, by the way? 96? 95? 90, 97. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so it's the Connor episode. Are you are like, what, what are we going to do? I'm like, I, I feel like a defenseman being being put up like a, with Connor bounding down the wing, about to just like destroy me and everything I believe in or care about, you know? Yeah, yeah. You have to. Uh, use I don't feel your ready. Stick. You have to use your stick. What, am I, what, am, what the fuck am I supposed to do with that? Zach had him back in his shins. Yeah. Just take take a penalty. <laughs> yeah, you're just supposed to take him down. <laughs> That's the kind of hockey player you'd be, bro. <laughs> oh, that's harsh. I mean, it is literally the only way you could stop him. Yeah, it's the only way. Always, I mean, give, give you always a power play. That's okay because it's not like their power play is that good. I mean, you just have to whenever you get a chance to take him down like you just have to take him down like on the power play too on the ensuing power play my strategy would be the exact same like if Connie gets the puck like I'm just I'll just try to like bury him like end him end him by any means necessary you know no mercy no mercy no (laughs) mercy on somebody that's skilled no mercy on such a beautiful creation from me have you started watching Cobra Kai No, I've, I'm like, I can't, I think I watched that show before you watched it, believe it or not. Oh, that's probably true. Yeah. Cause I just started watching it. Yeah. It's, I can't believe that's the first time that's ever happened where I've watched something before you've watched it. Do you like it? Are you done it? I'm caught up. Yeah. New season comes out soon. Um, yeah. I like it. I mean, in the second season there was, it felt like the entire show was going to be like, Danny and Johnny running running into each other like in a new location, and one of them being like, "You gotta be kidding me!" And then like yeah. having an interaction, but at the same time, like, and like some some of the actors are just so horrible. And, but well, the I main think- the main the main thing is the the martial arts are just horrendously bad. Like I watched Rumble in the Bronx a few weeks ago. Like, come on, yeah. come on, let's get real. I would love to see a version of like a Cobra Kai esque show. But like uh-huh. with Asian, with, with like in an Asian setting with all Asians and like really good martial arts, like that would be. Well, fun. then you just have you're just talking about a your basic kung fu movie is what you're talking about. I mean, that's what like 
No, but you do the whole high, you do the whole high school thing with like the love triangles and the bullying. Yeah, and... I suppose. So you want like a martial arts movie set in a high school? Because like if you watch old martial arts movies, like that's essentially, you know, there's like two schools of martial arts, and they both go down. There's like this path they're both walking and they have battles and there's all this like we're gonna rock it tonight we're gonna jazz it up and have us a ball they're gonna get it tonight the more they turn it on the harder they fall well they began it well they began it and we're the ones who stop them once and for all all these uh, dynamics happening you're describing my side story though is that a kung fu movie yeah, essentially. I mean, it's like a it's like a kung fu movie minus the kung fu, and uh, it's been replaced by dance. Yeah, they like singing, trans, they like transpose the kung fu into into the into an amazing into amazing dance. Yeah, but it's essentially yeah a kung fu movie. Huh. No, that's a good point. I never thought of it that way. Um, so yeah, Connor McDavid. What what can you say about the lad? We should we should honor him lest he uh, take his revenge upon us. Yes, absolutely. I mean. Yeah, you got to be grateful. Like we should basically, whatever the ninety seventh day on the calendar is, should be a public holiday devoted to Connor McDavid. And hey, I have, I have, uh, I just realized something that I saw today that pertains to this in a roundabout fashion. On the cover of the new Hockey News magazine, my favorite, my favorite publication in the entire world. Joe Thornton's on the cover of it, and do you know he's wearing like number ninety seven for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Did he wear number 97 for the San Jose Sharks? I don't think he did. Uh, does anyone else wear 97? No, I don't think so. Like, what's going on? What's Joe Thornton up to? You know what I mean? Like, I think Joe Thornton has, like, an axe to grind with, with Connie for some reason. He has some sort of beef. What that beef could be, I'll be damned if I know. It seems like... It seems like uh, one of the most ridiculous beefs of all time, if there is, in fact, a beef. You know what I mean? Like, remember when he was like... Remember when he was like... Letter selection is where a beef would come out. Letter selection is the exact... Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, that's like beef. That's how you do it, right? That's how you do it. But didn't he, like, say, like, when he went to the Leafs, he was like, yeah, I really want to win, like, a Stanley Cup and, like, the Leafs are, like, the best team best chance to win a Stanley Cup. I don't know. I don't like that uh, guy. I don't, tr- I don't trust Joe Thornton. I think he's up to something. I think he's, I think he's, uh, I think he's lost his marbles is what I think. In fact, I think Joe Thornton has lost his marbles. Do you think, do you think he's lost? Like, is this what precipitated his move to Toronto? I mean, it probably, that's what precipitated he, several people's move to Toronto at certain points in their lives. I think. I think he's you know, just isn't that, you, like, isn't that what you do right before you go to Toronto? You lose yes. your mind. Then you, I think buy prop- just- then you buy property in Toronto, you move in. <laughs> <laughs> he's set up, he's, we're talking about white people, obviously. I mean, for the immigrant communities, it's obviously totally different. But <clears throat> in, a, in a lot of cases, it's probably quite the opposite, I would say. But for like a white dude, let's say, let's say a white guy. You lose your mind, you move to Toronto. Uh-huh. You, get a nice, you get a nice little place. You know, uh-huh. You're miserable. You hate your life. You like hate yourself. Yeah, and then, and then eventually, <laughs> you, you 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 pick up the pieces, put yourself together, and and, and move back to New York or something, or whatever. Yeah. I think he moved back to like wherever it was he came from with like yeah. the tail. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, 
and nobody really like gives a shit about you again. True. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a trajectory. That's what we can hope for. Um, well, I think that's what's happening to Joe Thornton. I think that's what I'm saying. Thinking like, uh, you know, things, remember how like it ended in San Jose when like they wouldn't let him go or something. And he was like, Oh, that's okay. But like, I think at that moment he sort of uh, snapped and then like it was all leading to this. And now he's like wearing number 97 for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like you think he's, he thinks he's like Connor McDavid or something. You know what I mean? It's weird. Is that it true? Is really can, you, can, can you link this? Can you put this on Twitter so we can verify this? Because I want to make sure this isn't a tall tale, High Priest of Oilers Magic. Well, what, well, what part of it? What part of it? I, oh, you want like a picture of the the hockey news cover? Like, what part of it are you spec? What part of it are you doubting or or skeptical about? I mean, is this, on the, is this on the cover of the hockey news? Joe Thornton yeah. is wearing number ninety-seven. I mean, is it, maybe yeah. he's just maybe it's like an homage. Maybe it's like his practice jersey. He's just shown he's a fan. Maybe that's all the it picture is. Picture that's like, what if you were like the Toronto Ma- Toronto Maple Leafs like equipment guy, right? And like Joe Thornton comes in, and you're like, okay, Joe, like same number as you were wearing in San Jose. I assume like you have it all like picked out. And then Joe Thornton's like, uh, no, 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 like I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna wear number ninety-seven. And you're the it's, like, it's, like a, it's, it's like a bit like a bank executive asking his assistant to get him his like uh, the Superman costume or something. It's a little weird. Yeah. Like, why are you wearing number 97? If I was the equipment manager, I would ask like... Um, hey, yeah, 97 confirmed. So that's what he's wearing. That, that's his assigned number yeah. as of right now. I think he's lost. I think he snapped. Like, I bet you like he told the guys on his team to like call him like Connie and stuff like that. Like a few guys will have stories like, yeah. Like Joe Thornton, like asked me to call him Connie today. And they're like, really? Yeah. Did he wear a ninety-seven before? <laughs> there's no way. What did he wear? Like, this seems impossible. You should check before. Well, how, I, before it's, I, it's actually quite hard to find someone's like former number. No, it can't be hard. It can't be hard to find. What number did? I mean, just look at like a hockey card from Joe Thornton, San Jose Sharks hockey card. Let's see here. Yeah, there's no way. 19. You wore yeah, number 19, 19. 19. And now he's wearing number 97 for the Toronto Maple Leafs after having his, his like, whatever there, whatever happened like in San Jose it was like so weird. What's next? Like you think like I mean what if he what if it was just ninety nine? What if he just went all the way? You know, just like by you know, took the exact same principle and extended it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure. I think he's he's not going through something that like is related to Wayne Gretzky. He's going through something that's directly related to like Joe Thornton. Or uh, Connor McDavid. Like he has to win a Stanley Cup before Connor McDavid wins a Stanley Cup. To uh, for some what reason, the fuck, what the fuck is with know. what the fuck is with the disrespect Connor McDavid has to put up with out there? Like I saw this thing on TSN. I was talking Isn't about it today. There's this thing on TSN. It was a headline that read, "You know, you know, will will NHL players be able to to decide their own destiny like the NBA, basically type story? You know, like will players okay. demand trades, go wherever they want to go? And yeah. who, who's the pitcher in the thumbnail? 
number 97 Connor McDavid like it's like like I mean I know Wayne Gretzky was disrespected during his career as well but was it to this extent what do you mean what do you mean disrespected well like the refs, like, the refs didn't, didn't respect him you know he didn't get a lot of penalties similar to Connor in that way didn't get enough yeah and also people, you know, the people disparage the great one to certain extents in terms of oh, like yeah, pretending like he wasn't, sure. he wasn't the godlike fucking hockey presence he was at the time. You know? Yeah. Well, he was like, um, he wasn't like a really good, like defensive player. You know what I mean? And he was like skinny and kind of like whiny. So people like didn't like that about him. Like whenever well, yeah, my, my fucking Wayne nuclear, like, my nuclear submarine doesn't have all wheel drive, but like, you know, I'll still yeah, take it. He'll hey, take relax. it over your four by four. It's not me saying it. Don't shoot the messenger here, man. Shut up! <laughs> I hate you. I think Wayne was great. But that was like what his detractors would say. So you have to imagine, like Wayne, when Wayne Gretzky was upset, he was really demonstrative. Like he couldn't, he was like, he wasn't really good at keeping his emotions in check when he like was upset with a referee. So you can imagine if you were a fan watching a player just like completely decimate your team like get like eight points in a game or whatever like every time you touch the puck so you already you're just like oh like i can't deal with this guy and then on top of that like if a call doesn't go his way he's like really like oh come on like wayne gretzky you know picture wayne gretzky we all know what it looks like like when wayne would get upset it was very it was almost like cartoonish like he was so He was just really. Like, he was really demonstrative. His emotions were on a sleeve. Yeah, he, you know? he kind of like melted down. I'm trying to, you know, like he was very lots of like arm gestures, like he couldn't believe it, just very upset. So arm gestures, like, were, like are we, we're really going to hold arm gestures <laughs> against people at this point. Like, I mean, I guess you know, in some no, context, arm gestures. Arm gestures. Is the, is the, <laughs> arm gestures is the wrong word. It's sort of like a shrugging of the shoulders where it winds up and the arms are like way lower than they were to begin with like a shrug of the shoulders that culminates in like a complete slump of the body while you're like yelling at the, yelling yeah, at the referee of, there's, there's like a full body pantomime going on yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so you can imagine like his detractors kind of had like a lot to uh if you didn't love wayne gretzky detractors very, like the envious was, I, I call it you call them yes. detractors i call them the envious the envious is a much better word if you didn't love him, it was very easy to convince yourself to hate him. You know what I mean? Um, if you wanted, if you wanted to, if he was on, if he was on your team, I'm sure that a lot of that hate would turn quickly into love. Yeah, and I'm sure even like a lot of hockey fans, like I think he was generally beloved. But if you were of the mindset that you like hated him, like you just couldn't stand uh, the Oilers, like if you had to play them a lot, then Wayne Gretzky could very easily become like the emblem of just like everything you hated i suppose so if like that's the kind of life you're living yeah well, I, that's if, what if, i'm if, saying if, if, if the emblem of everything you hate is like a hockey player on an opposing team i mean i guess i guess i've gotten like 60 percent of the way there with keith kachuk but i don't think i'd ever get 100 percent. keith kachuk wow there's not like, keith kachuk uh, way back he doesn't kachuk. Even doesn't i always even, do that doesn't kachuk. even play anymore and you're still like Whatever. how many goat? kachuks are there in my mind there's like there's, there's only room for one Kachuk, and it's Keith. Getting, exactly. Matt, well, the Keith Keith Kachuk, I'll give him one. I'll give him one thing. He's got the alliteration going for him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, uh, Keith Kachuk is an all-time hockey name, as far as I'm concerned. It's a great name. 
Yeah. Great name. Um, so yeah, Connor McDavid does not, it's, it's, I agree. It's ridiculous. The amount of not really, I mean, I wouldn't quite say disrespect, but he definitely doesn't get the respect he's owed. It's, it's under strange. Respect. Under respect. Yeah. yeah. Under respected. Yeah. It's strange. I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know. I, I don't feel like it happened with Sidney Crosby. Maybe it did. Maybe it still does. Well, I mean, I think, I think it goes back further than even Crosby. I mean, I think it goes back to Nietzsche. You know, he talked about how we, we didn't, we couldn't believe in anything anymore. So we had to tear down even our heroes, you know? Nietzsche was like, uh, like Nietzsche the, loved Connie. Nietzsche was a huge 1991 Penguins, 1991, I mean, 92 Penguins. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that year they were, they were, uh, they were playing over in Europe. Yeah. All those, all those European philosophers were becoming like really big into, big into hockey. That was the time. Oh man, that'd be great. Yeah. That'd be great. That should be like a, um, that should be a movie. This should be a movie. Yeah. There should be a movie where <laughs> the NHL, like in the early 20th century, the NHL is like doing an exhibition games in like Austria and stuff. And like all the great like uh, philosophical minds of the time, get like huge into hockey. <laughs> <laughs> it's like <laughs> no. At first, at first, I was just like, oh my god, this is this this bit is like uh, I'm dying, I'm dying. This is so bad. But then I uh, think about it, and I think about like remember that movie? It was like the one uh, with Tim Robbins, and then Walter Matthau, I think, was playing Albert Einstein. <laughs> And it was like I give him Meg Ryan, and then, and then it was he was, yeah. Einstein was IQ. helping Tim Tim Rump, IQ. IQ. He was helping him woo Meg Ryan. Like I could see it kind of having yes. like that dimension where it's just yes. like, it's just like, oh man, well, did Walter Benjamin just like, was he just screaming for the ref's head there or what? You know? It'd be kind of like a mix of IQ and Field of Dreams. Yeah, yeah. We gotta get if we get Brian Cranston, Cranston involved in some capacity. I feel like he oh man he's he one of those people that could do yeah. he could do push all it over the historical top. historical work. Well, he would just add so much legitimacy to this project. Legitimacy and like a healthy dose of fun at the same time. That's the beauty of Brian Cranston. Well, I do. You're getting, a, yeah, you're getting legitimacy. You're also getting a, a generous heaping of fun. It's okay. I have I have a lot of connections in Hollywood. My uh, my second cousin, twice removed, was the script supervisor on uh, uh, Jerry Springer for like eighteen months. Wow! So if I can get it to her, let's get this thing made. Yeah, let's get this thing made. Um, on uh, on some other topics, I wanted to ask you. So this is a question that is is important to me personally right now, and I think is is a practical question that I could use your guidance on. Um, so uh, I have some pierogies, right? I went to the store, okay. bought some pierogies. You know, wow, this is them. this is right <laughs> in my wheel. This is right in my wheel. Now, for non non Ukrainian or non Canadian listeners, pierogies are basically a dumpling, form of a dumpling, wouldn't you say? Uh huh. Now, what's the maximum number of pierogies slash dumplings you can eat before it becomes an entree as opposed to an appetizer? Um, uh, see, I never eat, I mean, if I'm eating pierogies, I'm eating like, I'm going into it thinking like I'm eating like, you know, 12 pierogies and sour cream and bacon. Like I don't eat them as an appetizer. That's like lunch. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hmm. So I don't know. Like, I, I don't know how you'd been, like, I don't know how you'd be able to limit yourself to, to like the yeah. last full entree size worth. Yes, I guess that's what. Well, I'm I mean, it's not something I would usually do, but prior to this podcast, you know, I, I needed to eat. I needed to satiate myself. I didn't yeah. want to have a whole huge meal. You know, I just okay. went on a long walk. I was feeling yeah, kind yeah. of feeling kind of frisky. Feeling okay, kind well, of I have an answer. I have fresh. An answer, okay, give Six. me the answer. Six. Six. Yeah. Four. Four is the answer. Wow, I really thought you were going to nail this. I'm going to have to get. I'm going to have to think about you. No, I don't know. If, I don't know. If, I don't know if you can be trusted in a combat situation. Six? That's a meal. Six is six is a meal. Six. Yeah. I mean, how big are these pierogi? I mean, we're talking standard size. Like chima. Like they're not gyoza, you know. Obviously, yeah, the gyoza we're looking at six. <laughs> gyoza, you can go up to six, no problem. Gyoza, you can have six of those as an appetizer all day and all night and twice. Yeah, on well, you can days. have two mouthfuls of three with gyoza. You know what I'm saying? So hungry. Um. No, it's uh, six, and then six is like a meal. I'd say five is still like an appetizer. Six is a meal. Oh, okay, okay. So five, interesting. Okay, so you're back in the range. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to ask you, so this is also a personal question. Like I'm working on a little bit of a writing project, okay? And I know mm. you've written stuff. Yeah. You know, you have writing experience. Sure. Uh, and... I'm just wondering like what I can do to avoid either having to finish this or to avoid hating myself for like not finishing this little project. You know, I'm like, you know, I'm probably like 40% of the way towards like a decent first draft, so to speak. Yeah. So I'm right in that sweet spot where I, I could give up and just let the normal waves of, um, of self-hatred buttress myself you know re-buttress myself in my psyche or you know uh, contrary to all proper experience and norm uh i could finish it and somehow push try and push through and overcome the uh the sheer terror and shame of actually having finished something Uh you know what i mean so like which way should i go and if and if I want to go, if I want to finish it, how do I how do I get there? Well, why have you like stopped? Uh, I haven't really stopped. I've like I haven't. I, I wouldn't say I've stopped. It's more like, let's say you were like driving your car, right? And you had a hundred miles to get to your destination. Okay. Uh-huh. And you get 40 miles down that road, you know, you got a full tank of gas, you got snacks, it's a beautiful day, there's no problems, you know, air in the tires. But if you get about you get 40 miles in, you decide to take a little break, and then you're like, you know what, I'm just gonna like push the car with like my body for once in a while a little bit. So I'm kind of uh-huh. just like chipping, chipping away. But it's okay. not, it's not, it's not, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not having, I'm not having a problem. I'm just, I'm asking for reassurances here. Like, will okay. I be okay if, if I finish this? Will the world come to an end? No, you should definitely finish it. When was the last time you finished something? Uh, well, I finished my pierogies a little while ago. That was, <laughs> that was a really that was a really positive experience. I felt pretty proud of that. This is a, like an accomplishment. 
Yeah. You know? okay. So it's a good, it's a good feeling, right? It's worth it. I think I could build off of that success yeah. in other ways. I mean, finish some writing. I mean, you know, poems don't count because like the poems are, are never finished and they're also like never worth starting either. So they kind of, they kind of exist in this weird neither world. We well, should just like uh, send some emails, you know, I've definitely sent yeah. some emails. Yeah. You should definitely finish it. All right. All right, then I will. I appreciate that. Any other advice for me uh, in terms of like overcoming the uh, the paralyzing fear involved in, in in creation of any kind creatively? Um, no, but not really. But you should definitely finish it. I find. Okay. Oh, okay. Interesting. You know the way when you put it that way. I think of, I'm thinking about it. And I'm realizing that by actually like finishing the thing, hold yes. on. If I finish the thing, then I'll have something that's finished. You could say, yeah, finished in the in the. It's a possessive that I'm inventing now. As a, what's the what's the word for a new word? A neologism. Yeah, you know? finished. Finished something that someone. You know, yeah. I'm not sure. I mean, I'm trying to think of why it's uh, better to, to finish something, but uh, it definitely is. I'm not sure exactly why it is, but it is. So that's why you should finish it. Well, be like, maybe like you don't have, like maybe, maybe only finishing it mostly. And then if you just like show it to someone, but you kind of just keep a tiny bit of it like behind your jacket, you know, so they can't see the last little bit that's unfinished, you know, like the, like, most of the scripts that go through the J.J. Abrams production company, for example. Yeah, maybe. Like, we'll just put a mystery in later. Do I need more mysteries, you think? Should there be more mysteries? I think um, um, when I had kids, I became more, I was more willing to finish things because I wanted them to have stuff of mine where they could look at it and be like, who, did, like, dad did this? Like, this is uh, stupid incredibly dumb but like look at all of it look at all this stuff look at all this stuff he was doing right they, they, i really they have they have an idea of the scope of the problem yes exactly right. that's really appealing to me and then um the ape being their problem you know what i mean like what uh, are we going to do with all this check do you just do you just imagine like a whole bunch of dresser drawers just like filled with all kinds of like odds and ends and writings short stories screenplays novellas yeah yeah, yeah drawings exactly Yes, because I think that that would be cool to have. I mean, like, uh, you know what I mean? I think anything, like large quantities of a bunch of weird stuff someone did. Oh, it's I like an Oscar winning, it's an Oscar winning screenplay, you know? Well, well it's it, just uh, like... Uh, call it nice... when, when, we'll call it when, when Dad Died is the name of the story. And but it's I think about everybody... the kids going through yeah. dad, their, their dad's shit. Yeah. Which actually is a very unpleasant experience that most people... I would have to go through at some point, I would imagine. Yeah, but what if it's like doodles and stuff? That'd be pretty pleasant. That would be pretty pleasant. Like, is it doodles of like nice stuff or like doodles of like torture scenes and stuff? No, there's not very many torture scenes. It's mainly nice stuff. Okay, that's nice. That's good. It's PG. But uh, but then I was like, um, I was like, uh, yeah, finishing stuff's way better because uh, unfinished stuff. I mean. I don't know. You can't really do anything with unfinished stuff. Also, uh, when you, yeah, but at the same time, you know what the best part of it is, is when you're doing it. That's the best part. Oh, that's so, a good point. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. 
You know what I mean? So it doesn't really even matter. I mean, depending on what you want to get out of, uh, get out of it, I suppose. But I'm always happiest too when I'm working on that stuff. If I'm working on something, that's when I'm happiest. So mm-hmm. if I can keep working and uh, finish something, that means I've been happy for a very long period of time. And then when I'm not working on something, I get really grouchy. And then I think uh-huh. to myself, I, I need to start working on something again. And then once I do that, then I, so I don't know. But I kind of get, uh, I need like a, I need that tension or something, I suppose. It's strange. Well, it's interesting. Or it's just interesting like when you say never... it makes you happy because it's like, it's the feeling I get when I'm, when I'm doing it is like, I'm happy, but it's almost as though like I'm like a, a hunter going through like the jungle and there's like some, some beast stalking me, but I'm, I'm stalking it. I got my bow and arrow. I'm totally safe. I'm fine. But there's like an alertness. There, there's a little bit of fear, you know, because you're wondering like, is this just shit? Is it? Is it? Yeah, I'm never, I'm never it? wondering that. No? I mean, I th- I, no. I'm not saying I wonder the entire time. It's like I'm running multiple processors in my brain and it's like a dual processor. And one of them is like, is it shit? Is it shit? Is it shit? And then the whole time, then a little loop. Hmm. And the rest of the time, the other one's just like, what's going to go? What's going to happen? You know? Yeah. Once I have it, once I, if I have, if I'm working on something and I have it pictured in my head, I can pretty much just, uh, turn everything off and just do the work until I get to that point where I've done what I had pictured in my head. And then I'll decide whether or not it's shit. But by that point I'm finished. So it doesn't really matter. So it's done and then I can move on, but I'm never questioning it. I don't think when I'm working on it or not too much, maybe that's not true though. Not too much. But I, it finds like I see. I never really think about it. Like when I'm working on something, I can just totally shut off. I'm not thinking about anything. Just like in autopilot. Maybe like at the end of the night when I stop working at it, and then I look at it, and then I think like uh, what I'll have to change like next time I work at it. But when I'm working on it next time, I'm already. I'm not thinking at all about whether or not it's shit. Not till right. I'm done working on it for the night. Right, and then and then I think about how I'm going to fix it the whole next day until I start working on it again. Right, right, yeah, that's that's pretty similar to my process on this a little bit, to be honest. So then, like the best thing to do would just be to keep working on it. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I guess that's the long answer. And so by gosh, keep, by gosh, I will. Because if you keep working on it, then you won't um, think it's shit until it's finished. I guess. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, no, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. You know, we'll find out if it's a, if it's a beautiful bride once we pull up the veil, I suppose. So to speak, no. what, a, what a horrible bit, metaphor. Wow. Um, yeah, okay, well, I'm going to take your advice and uh, I'm going to finish it. It is going to be a novel about uh, two hockey podcasters who after years of being uh, repressed homosexuals uh, submit to temptation and uh, fall deeply and madly in love. Kind of a Brokeback Mountain. It's Brokeback Mountain meets um, the insider trading on TSN, you know, something like that. <laughs> uh, it's going to be good though. It's going to be good. Oh, it sounds great. Um, how, how, are, how are you doing besides that in terms of... Uh, the uh, besieged COVID-infested region of Edmonton, Alberta? Uh, I don't know. It's like, you know, 
Well, I was thinking today, here's, here's a, and I tweeted this out earlier, but like the timeline, the way I see it for the next little while, basically like next week basketball starts, right? Like official basketball will be back on television, which is uh, basketball, I think, better than football. So basketball's great. I I don't really follow it, but like what a great sport for sure. Yes, it's great. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So basketball starts on the 22nd, right? Then the 20th, then it's like the 24th Christmas Eve, the 25th Christmas, right? And then on Christmas, the world juniors start, right? So that's um, the 25th to about, let's say what? Second week of January, January 8th, right? And then the NHL season is supposed to start on the 15th, correct? Something like that, yeah. Okay, so then um, that will carry us through to, you know, summer, essentially. And by summer, um, if things go according to plan, best case scenario, by summer, maybe we can start – um, you know, possibly entertaining the idea of life returning to something that more resembles a true human experience than whatever this is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So the timeline mm-hmm. from now until that happens is pretty good. Like we have a pretty good buffer of incredible distractions and like mm-hmm. daily enthusiasms and uh you know crippling blows that should be able to carry us through out to the other side the way i'm looking at it so i'm feeling actually pretty optimistic right now cautiously optimistic i mean i I think the the, the vaccine news it's hard not to for that to not make you optimistic when you think that like only like a couple of months ago a lot of people were saying vaccines could be like way 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 off and i think now we could be looking at a situation where in two or three months like, you know, we have a couple of big ones that get, are getting a lot of play in the media out, out here, but there could be, you know, there's, there's, there's multiple ones being developed in Asia and whatnot. And in six months, we could be looking at, okay, well, you know, Canada buys 10 million of this and 10 million of that. And we could all be, yeah. getting, we could all be getting vaccinated like pretty quick. If, if, if like a marketplace of vaccines yes. exists and, and other ones, like and multiple ones are shown to be viable, like. Which is that's what should happen right if like the economy and the world works anyway that well it doesn't like but the, to believe it, it should happen yeah i mean somebody comes out with something i apologize for leading like, you i apologize for leading you to that belief i was that was just actually one <laughs> long practical joke i was playing on you i'm sorry about that oh man he made me so poor made you look um made you think yeah. the economic system was being run rationally yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, it should be, like, it feels like we might have, I mean, who knows, right? I'm feeling cautiously optimistic. feels like for the first time since this whole thing started, like, maybe um, we might have the upper, the upper hand. Best case scenario, depending on maybe the virus will mutate, like, a million times and we'll be screwed. Or like maybe something else will happen, but it feels like right now we might have, you know. What's that something else? Aliens? The Galactic Federation, you mean? Yeah, Picard. Captain Captain Picard, right? That's the Galactic Federation, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Um, 
Yeah, no, not aliens. Just like more COVID type stuff or like the world starts melting or something like that. Like who the hell knows? Like the polar ice caps melt or like they're like matter itself starts to like yeah. melt and turn into like a jelly, like a yes. goo. <laughs> yeah. That'd be kind of fucked up. That sounds like that sounds like a decent like Doctor Who episode, like circa the David Tennant or uh, <laughs> era, you know, back when it was still decent. Yeah. I don't know. It just feels like I said, I feel cautiously optimistic right now. If nothing else, just the timeline from now until springtime is just going to be rife, like I said, with um, really stellar distractions, <laughs> which is like the name of the game, right? But um, to survive on this planet, you have to have like a really good timetable of distractions. Otherwise, it'll just go mad. So if you're able to like get your thrills by watching uh, like total ridiculous human behavior like sports, then you're ahead of the game. And we have a good run of that from now until springtime, at which point the world could be a totally different place one way or another. Possibly, you know, one way is looking pretty good. Like this vaccine stuff, like that's good news. Very good news. Thank goodness for scientists. Because if they had asked me how to solve the problem, I had no idea. I'm not smart enough. We would have been screwed. Yeah, you'd be like one of the, like, uh, like Doug Ford. Is it Doug Ford? It's, which Tom Ford? Bob Ford? Who are all the Fords? Like uh, John Ford? The Hollywood director? Was yeah. He, is, is he part of the same family? Like, I assume there's only one family named Ford. So they yeah. own the car company as well. They were the Toronto mayor, Ontario premier. What else we got going on in the Ford clan? There's the fashion designer, Tom mm-hmm. Ford. Also, he's a filmmaker, so he must have been following in, I guess, his great-great-grandfather's tradition. Like, uh, President Gerald Ford and his wife. Gerald Ford, Ford, right? So there's the political wing of the clan. Wow. The Ken Burns documentary about the Fords is Harrison to follow. Ford. Harrison, Harrison Ford. Ford, of course, the famous, the famous actor. Mm-hmm. Yes, I believe he was. He played Indiana Jones, if I recall. Mm-hmm. He has the, the looks and charm of a young Rory Calhoun. Yeah. Mm. Okay, well, let me ask you some prediction questions since we're getting closer and closer and closer to the season and we need things to do to pass the time to not okay. lose our minds. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, Connor and Dreisaitl will have uh, higher point per game totals in this upcoming shortened season than they did in the last, yes or no? I think so, yes. Ryan Nugent Hopkins will continue his breakneck even strength course scoring pace from the second half of last year, yes or no? Mm. Well, I don't really, but wouldn't, would you describe last season breakneck? I'm going to say it was breakneck. In the second half with the Yamamoto, yeah. And dry. I'm gonna say also no. in the playoffs. No, okay, okay. Uh, but is, but I'm th- I think he's still gonna be like incredible. I just fair enough. Fair. I enough. think yeah. I think yes. It might. Uh, might uh, oh. There's a lot of intangibles. Okay, Yamamoto. Yamamoto finishes with a, a point a game at the end of next year. Yes or no? Fifty-six points in fifty-six games. Yeah. Um, yes, no, or close? Well, I'm, I'll say no. I'll say no. I don't think so. No. All right. 
Um, top point producing Oilers defenseman after Tyson Berry is blank dot dot dot. Correct answer, Ethan Bear. I was gonna. That's what I was gonna say. Now the the actual correct answer is Darren Nurse, but the fun answer is Ethan Bear. Is it? No, it's definitely. I mean, it's, def- yeah, it's, it's gotta be. It's gotta be. Yeah, I suppose. So, After yeah. Barry, I mean, we're. I mean, assuming Barry gets some serious point production on the power play, which I mean, he has to, right? What if I say like Broberg? That would be so awesome. <laughs> okay, because that would that would because that would mean Broberg is emerging like a Quinn Hughes or something. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching him at the World Juniors. That's basically like going to be half the fun. And Dylan Holloway, like Dylan Holloway, dude. Like yeah, he's totally. It's going to be great. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I can't wait. I can't wait for that. And then honestly, once that happens, then that'll carry us through to NHL season. You know what I mean? And That's then true. You know, when you point, put it that way, we're really, we really are on the home stretch here. Yeah, I think so. Like I was doing the math right before we got on the phone. I had just finished watching a basketball game that ended in a buzzer beater. And I was like, this is great. Isn't this great? And it's just preseason. But I was like, isn't this great? Like meaningful. Here I am. You know what I mean? Watching buzzer beaters could be worse. And then I started thinking like, they were like next week, like season starts December 22nd. Then I started doing the math. You know? I really want to hear you do that, that voice a little bit more. Can you just like, like give me a preview of some basketball games in that voice? <laughs> next, next week, week. <laughs> December December 22nd the NBA kicks off 8 o'clock on the west coast the LA Clippers take on the LA Lakers <laughs> and on the east coast the Milwaukee Bucks <laughs> I can't remember what he said but yeah that's what it's like uh, I love it yeah uh, and then I looked at the calendar and you're, you're like right after like the juniors and it's going to be nuts like the world juniors that's like um super fun right like it and it's in edmonton like it's here mm. so the games are going to be on all the time and then yeah once that ends it'll be like the second week of january essentially and then it's right into you know what i mean like the preseason will probably be happening right then maybe a, there'll be a week separation something like that that's going to be great and then once that happens, like, I, I think this season is going to be incredible. Like, I was also thinking about that tonight. So the Hockey Night in Canada doubleheader is going to be an East Coast, Eastern Conference game on the early game and then a Western Conference game. But the Eastern Conference is going to be so easy. People are going to be so more willing to pay attention to those Eastern Conference games this year. Like, there's only going to be, like – well not even yeah, i say eastern conference like it's not all one division but it'll be a game in the east but it's since it's a canadian division we'll all be watching that early game where we used to just like not really give a shit about it like it's going to be crazy like there's going to be the double header is going to be two really yeah consequential games yeah. in canada like it's going to yeah. be nuts yeah, it's going to be like that. it's going to be it's going to be like the greatest like shortened season like regular season albeit shortened of like all time it really is it's going to be it's going to be really, really crazy. Yeah, I'm we're super all excited. Like, the whole country is going to be following off its, off, yeah. each other's teams. You know what I mean? Like it'll be totally. Yeah. What What's happening in Montreal in the context of hockey will mean so much to us here. 
Like it's just going to be so weird and great. Oh. I'm it's really excited. I'm, I'm basically really just hoping, hoping to have a screen in the house completely devoted to just having hockey on all the time so that there yeah. will always be a game playing, you know? Yeah, and just like, I mean, to have like, you know, 56, a regular season, you know, as weird as it'll be, but it's the Canadian first division. Sort of, it's like, it's so fucking crazy. Uh, it's going to be great. Yeah. It's going to be really hard to pay attention to what's going on in any of the other divisions, I think. Like, I don't know how, why would you even bother? Bit. Yeah, a little bit. Like, there's going to be so many storylines. So, all the hockey coverage here is going to be um, on the Canadian division. Like, I'm sure TSN will still be, of course, super Maple Leafs heavy, but there's going to be, like, there may as well not even. It won't feel as Maple Leafs heavy because to talk about the Maple Leafs, they're also going to have to talk about what's going on with all the other Canadian teams, like in the same breath almost. Of course they won't, but it'll be less glaring, I think. It's just going to be incredible. It's going to be something totally different and really like exciting and great, I think. Pretty sure. But it's going to be super hard to pay attention to like any of the other any of the other divisions. Well, I'm more than willing which, to. Which will oh, also yeah. be, which will also be super strange. Like really, oh, sure. it'll be really weird. Yeah. Like why would you even watch, you know what I mean? Like if there's two Canadian teams playing, I'm going to watch that over any other possible matchup. It's true. I'll read, I'll read some of the news about what's going on elsewhere, but the, in terms of watching, yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward seem... to embracing, embracing the challenge of like really only caring about the All-Canadian Division next year. That's a challenge I'm willing to embrace. You mean like not just following them? Yeah. Or no, oh, just, really? No, learning, learning to accept just following them, I mean. Oh, well, I think you're going to take to it like a fish in water. I Beautiful. Imagine. Beautiful. It'll be really weird, though, like the games that aren't in the Canadian division, like even seeing highlights of those games will feel really almost like it's like not the same league. I think it'll feel like it's it'll be like it'll be like being in like a communist East Germany and you're like watching watching games from like West Germany. Totally. Although I don't know who's in this scenario and you're watching them and you're just like, man, they just got a whole different thing going on over there, don't they? You know? Yeah, that's what it'll be like, which, which is so, so weird. That's how they do it? It's a whole different, whole different country. Yeah, like the even like the um, like we'll notice like the the uh, uh, different method that they're using to record the games. Like the cameras will be glaringly apparent that they're using like different equipment in the states. Like I'm sure in the the Canadian broadcast will almost all be like standardized, right? Yeah. So we'll be used. It'll look like CBC every single time. Like well, and like that. and like the and like TSN will be like sending like air agents undercover over the border to like record uh, conversations had by by you know the NHL network surreptitiously a la like the Stasi, you know. Yeah. It'll just be like Elliot Friedman in like a hotel room, like holding holding a microphone against the wall, sitting there listening, you know. On the other side, like Brian Lawton saying something. He's like, mm. yeah, that's exactly. That's exactly what it'll be like. It's going to be wild. At the end of this tale, Ronald Reagan shows up and he tears down the wall between Canada and America. Yeah, it's going to be sweet. And then the Stanley Cup. And then, you know, um, by that time, like, schmucks like you and I will probably be getting the jab, hopefully, knock on wood, if everything goes as planned. Yeah. And then... 
you know, we can start like having beers with people again, maybe around that time. Glorious. So really, I mean, depending on how you look at it, um, at least distraction wise, like distractions right now are about to be at an all time high. We're going to have more distractions than, than ever before. I think. I can't wait. I can't wait. So maybe like, I'm starting to feel like we're coming out of this thing, which is incredible. Yeah. It's an incredible feeling. I love it. I love it. Yeah. We should, uh, I say, I say on that hopeful note, we call it there because I'm feeling very good right now. It's exciting, man. It's exciting yeah. stuff. Yeah. It really is. I feel the same way. Um, all right, dude. Well, uh, all hail Connor McDavid for all time. The greatest player to walk the earth. The greatest player to skate the earth. The greatest player to do physical exercise on the earth. I don't know. What else could you say about him? He's the greatest player of all time. Well, no, he's not the greatest player of all time. He's the greatest player Unless, for all times. Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm not sure what that means exactly, but um, I, that's why I'm going to agree to it. In fact, because yeah. it confuses it confuses me a little. Me too. Me too. And I'm going to finish that thing. Okay, I'm going to finish it. Yeah, and you should. It to you to read. And I want. I want. I want only non-constructive supportive feedback. I want you to bite your tongue and tell me how much you love it, no matter how shit it is. And then let